Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. With the recent release of the Government Budget Carbon Emissions Reduction Plan and the Biodiversity Plan this year, I wanted to find out how these plans shape up to the biodiversity and climate crisis that we are experiencing in Aotearoa. I asked University of Otago Academic Fellow and Research Assistant Joshua James for comment on these policy implementation plans. An estimated 4,000 species in New Zealand are currently at risk of extinction. This, coupled with the effects of climate change, is worthy of being addressed and has been addressed in the government's emissions reduction plan and the biodiversity action plans. These plans aim to tackle the effects of climate change that destroy our environment and its inhabitants. The plans are large, however, and very detailed, and built off of the previously released biodiversity action plans, and I want to know if these plans have the potential to address the large threats of climate change and the biodiversity crisis. To gain more of an understanding of the plans in place, I spoke with Joshua James, Academic Fellow and Research Assistant at the University of Otago. First, discussing the different plans, according to Josh, this year's plan does have its weaknesses and its strengths, which are important to consider in light of the goals we must aim to achieve. So the New Zealand Biodiversity Strategy came out in 2020, and it's part of New Zealand's commitment, uh, well, part of our international agreements as part of the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity, which was agreed to in 1994 in Rio on Earth Day, which was the same time that we got the United Nations framework on the Convention on Climate Change. So both of those kind of happened around the same time. So the report that came out in 2020 is the the wider plan or kind of the aspirational plan. And the plan that came out this year is how we will achieve that So we can kind of think of the 2020 report as the aspirations and the 2022 report as the implementation plan, much like, again, the climate change report that came out this week. In regards to the aspirational plan, the 2020 plan, I think it's good. Some of the objectives include things like uh, having ecosystems that thrive, people being able to be connected to nature, um, which is, you know, it's very hard to disagree with these kind of premises. These are good things. These are objectively good things. Um, And the plan takes us to 2050. The implementation plan that was released this year is both good and bad in kind of different respects. It's exhaustive. The plan kind of lays out the whole of government approach to the biological diversity crisis or the ecological crisis that we have. And there's 206 different actions and that requires all for all parts of government to kind of come together and, and act on it. There's a lot of plans about plans. For example, one of the actions, action number 52, uh, explore options to further reduce the effects of bottom trawling on ethnic biodiversity through spatial gear restrictions and innovative gear design whilst allowing for the sustainable utilisation of fisheries resources. That's essentially uh, an action point to have a plan about something that needs to be done by 2023. So the kind of implementation plan is full of lots of action points that are just plans. I think one of the failures of the implementation plan is that some of the actions are quite vague. Uh, Well, an example of one of the good actions is around some of the ongoing programs. For example, one of the action points is about continuing uh, continuing the One Billion Trees program, which is helping people to plant living memorials that honour members of their communities who have made practical changes through the efforts brought distinction to Aotearoa New Zealand through the work and or enhanced Aotearoa New Zealand's reputation in the area or activity. So it's kind of a very niche part of the One Billion Trees program, but really sets out a very narrow kind of action that the government needs to take, and that is where some parts of the plan are really good, is that they're very narrow, very specific, and commit the government to doing something. 
but across the 206 actions that the government is committed to, many of them just constitute making plans for the future. I then asked Josh how these plans, some of which have steps that are set to begin achieving goals by next year, shape up to the rapid environmental changes that we are already facing, such as the threat of extinction for many species in New Zealand. So, I mean, that kind of number of the 4,000 on the brink of extinction is both awful to think about and also possibly an underestimation. One of the problems that the government faces is they simply don't know the numbers of native wildlife that we have in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. There's been an underinvestment in the research and the science based on it. So, so that's kind of one of the issues, is that we think it's about 4,000, but it could be much higher. In terms of the time frame, the best time to solve the ecological crisis was 20 years ago, or in 1994, we should have adopted a a stronger plan then. I understand that it takes governments to wind up programs. It it takes time to do that. However, if we'd have a fully actionable plan, even by, say, 2025, 2030, that could be too late for many of the, the entire ecosystem. But I think there's a catch-22 here in terms of perhaps the politics of it. They could launch all of these programs now. They could do all 206 actions straight away. However, that probably wouldn't constitute good value for money for the taxpayer because they'll just be throwing money at a problem. So there's a downside to it is that they need plans in order to use resources wisely. This biodiversity crisis that is being tackled by the government is linked with climate change. Climate change initiatives are highly political due to the different implementation strategies needed to target emissions. I next asked Josh to provide insight on the government's decisions regarding agricultural emissions and its latest action plan. So there's kind of two parts to this. There's the climate change stuff and then there's the um, biological diversity or the the ecology stuff. And they do interlap a lot. Mm -hmm. They're essentially a very similar concept when we think about climate change and our biodiversity crisis. So we know that if we are to solve the, if we want to solve the ecological crisis, we need to solve the climate crisis. If we want to solve the climate crisis, we need to save the ecological crisis. So if we think about this, where they merge, the government had an opportunity as part of its climate change program to ban or severely restrict the use of nitrogen fertilizer. Now, nitrogen fertilizer is one of one of the reasons we have such a large emissions profile in New Zealand, and also it's one of the reasons why some of our freshwater um, animals are on the brink of extinction. So. It was kind of an own goal by the government not to take this climate change step because it also would have helped them in their biology, uh, biodiversity strategy. You know, they're so clearly linked, and it's, it was it was a shame to see that they didn't take real action on the on the nit- nitrogen um, fertilizers. In terms of the the government is continuing to threaten to bring agriculture into the emissions trading scheme. At the moment, they are still, I think, being very generous to the agricultural sector and I also think they're pinning their hopes on something that might not eventuate. This new agricultural research fund to investigate future technologies which can reduce agricultural emissions and they might not come. We definitely can't invent our way out of our ecological crisis. These plans are very complex and are comprised of multiple steps and individual strategies. I then asked Josh when are we going to see a bit of these initiatives coming in and the increments of change that are greatly needed. To this, Josh said... So we've started to see some of them already roll out. We've got the predator-free 2050 program, which is rolled up into the biodiversity strategy. And we are seeing some of the positive side effects of that. If we uh, think about the Miramar Peninsula, uh, for example, they're seeing increased wildlife return um, around Porti Porti Dunedin, we're seeing more bird life return. And so we are seeing some stuff like that. In regards to the wider points, 
it, we probably won't start to see the huge, the, the substantial rollout of big programs till at least 2023. One of the kind of problems with monitoring biodiversity is that we're monitoring kind of alive things. Also, it's going to take years of, of good data to measure the impacts that these plants are taking. This was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.